What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hey, New Vision, this is Ben Curtis here, one of the pastors and our campus pastor at the Buchanan location. Uh, today, as we continue our podcast series, we're in the books of First and Second Samuel, and I'm going to be reading all of chapter 29, and I'll read up through part of chapter 30, but this is from the Christian Standard Bible. The Philistines brought all of their military units together at Aphek while Israel was camped by the spring in Jezreel. As the Philistine leaders were passing in review with their units of hundreds and thousands, David and his men were passing in review behind them with Achish. Then the Philistine commanders asked, What are these Hebrews doing here? Achish answered the Philistine commanders, That is David, servant of King Saul of Israel. He has been with me a considerable period of time. From the day he defected until today, I have found no fault with him. The Philistine commanders, however, were enraged with Achish and told him, Send that man back and let him return to the place you assigned him. He must not go down with us into battle, only to become our adversary during the battle. What better way could he ingratiate himself with his master than with the heads of our men? Isn't this the David they sing about during their dances? Saul has killed his thousands, but David his tens of thousands? So Achish summoned David and told him, As the Lord lives, you're an honorable man. I think it is good to have you fighting in this unit with me because I have found no fault in you from the day you came to me until now. But the leaders don't think you're reliable. Now, go quietly back and you won't be doing anything the Philistine leaders think is wrong. But what have I done? David replied to Achish. From the first day I entered your service until today... What have you found against your servant to keep me from going to fight against the enemies of my lord, the king? Achish answered David, I'm convinced that you are as reliable as the angel of God, but the Philistine commanders have said he must not go into battle with us. So get up early in the morning, you and your master's servants who came with you. When when you've all gotten up early, go as soon as it's light. So David and his men got up early in the morning to return to the land of the Philistines. And the Philistines went up to Jezreel. Now let's look at chapter 30. I'm going to read just a few verses here. This is verse 1. David and his men arrived in Ziklag on the third day. The Amalekites had raided the Negev and attacked and burned Ziklag. They also had kidnapped the women and everyone in it from youngest to oldest. They had killed no one, but had carried them off as they went on their way. When David and his men arrived at the town, they found it burned. Their wives, their sons, and daughters had been kidnapped. David and the troops with him wept loudly until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelite, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had also been kidnapped. David was in an extremely difficult position because the troops talked about stoning him, for they were all very bitter over the loss of their sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. What do we do when our plans are frustrated? Uh, Because that's clearly what happens uh, in chapter 29. David's plans are frustrating. So here's what's taking place. The Philistines are raising up their forces against Saul and 
So David volunteers to join the Philistines. He's going to join the enemy in, in the battle against Saul. And Achish, the leader of the Philistines, kind of vouches for David for his integrity. But the commanders of the Philistines, they're not happy with this. So they protest and, and they make David go away. There's like, you, you can't do this. Uh, David can't be here. He's an Israelite. He may turn on us in battle. And so Achish uh, apologizes to David and says, hey, you know, you've been a reliable dude up until now. But I'm sorry, but you've got to go. And, uh, you know, I think you would have helped us in battle, but they think otherwise. Now, sometimes this is one of those narrative like sections of Scripture that just sometimes, quite honestly, these place, these passages are hard to interpret. But here's how I understand it. I think uh, David planned to help Saul and helped Israel in battle. I think that's what he was going to do. Um, and, and the reason I say that, if you recall, everywhere we see David in Scripture, uh, he is always loyal to Saul. He, he never tries to kill him. He never tries to harm him. So I think David had a plan. I think his plan uh, was to actually do exactly what the Philistines uh, were afraid that he would do. His plan would have been to uh, help Israel uh, in this battle and ultimately to help Saul. Uh, but in this case, David's plans were frustrated. And so he, he just continues to give himself to the Lord and, and trust himself to the Lord. Um, I think you know it's a good thing for us to make plans. It's a good thing for us to strategize, especially when it comes to serving God and spiritual things. But sometimes our plans are frustrated. So what happens when when our plans ultimately don't don't come to fruition, well, we bow to the sovereignty of God. And, you know, David couldn't see all that God was doing and neither do we. There are so many circumstances in life, uh, you know, like this. You'll, you'll maybe long for a relationship with a person, you're single and uh, you thought this was going to work out, but it didn't pan out. Or maybe you're excited about a dream job, but that dream job just doesn't come to pass. It falls through and... And so in those moments, in those seasons, we're disappointed and we grieve. But in those times, uh, we still trust God. We trust that He is sovereign and He has a plan, even though we don't understand it. So keep that in your mind as we move over to chapter 30. Chapter 30 goes from bad to worse. David uh, is sent away by the Philistines, and so he comes to this his little town in Ziklag where he lives with his men. And when he gets back home, he learns just terrible news. The Amalekites have raided their city. They've they've burned the town. They've taken all their goods, and they've taken their wives and their children. and And the Bible says that all of his men, all of his army, they just all felt bitter. They felt just angry. There was sorrow. You know, when our children are at stake, I think you would agree if you have children, our response can be fierce. And so they're, they're using David. They're blaming him. They thought, you know, we shouldn't have gone on that expedition with the Philistines to begin with, David. That was unwise. And David, you planned that. Uh, a good leader would have protected us in our homes. But David, you failed. This is bad. Bad planning, bad strategy. Um, and so David's in this moment in this season when he realizes what a lot of leaders realize sooner or later. Leadership is really lonely. Um, no one is really standing with David. No one is standing by him. And, and, and let's remember, um, he is just as distressed because his family was taken too. But this is where I wanted to point out verse 6. I love verse 6 in light of the intensity and the difficulty of what David was facing. What did David do uh, when his plans were frustrated. What did David do when things went from bad to worse and uh, all these 
tragic events happened. Where did David turn when everything around him was falling apart? Verse 6 says, he found strength in the Lord his God. Now, if I were David, I can imagine, I would have complained a lot during this season. I, I might have said, look, Lord, I've been faithful to you. I've been following you. And so let me, God, let me just go over the things that are happening to me. First of all, Saul's trying to kill me. Uh, and I've done him no harm. I have supported him. Second, I've been running all over this wilderness trying to escape him. I've been living in caves. And third, I was going out to battle to, my heart was to actually help my country and help my king. Fourth, I came home and now we find our town is burned to the ground. Fifth, our wives and our children are gone. Sixth, now my people, your people are trying to kill me and I'm just trying to do your will. So God, what's happening here? Have you ever had that sort of conversation with God? Um, but that's not what David did. Uh, the Bible says he strengthened himself in God. That is so important. And I would say that is the biggest difference between Saul and David. Anytime we see Saul being squeezed, uh, he looks to himself uh, and he ultimately caves in under the pressure. But anytime we see David being squeezed, we see his heart trusting God and looking to God uh, in faith. And so he has a really soft heart compared to Saul and his hard heart. Now, again, we don't have time to read all of these verses, but um, I know you want to know what happens right at the end of the story. So let me just kind of sum it up. Uh, David strengthens himself in the Lord, and then he asks the Lord, Lord, what should we do? Should I pursue the Amalekites? And so the Lord answered and, and commanded David, I want you to go and pursue them, and I promise you know, you're going to succeed. And so as you continue reading, uh, the chase was exhausting. 200 of David's 600-men army were left behind. They were just too tired to even continue. And so David's men just so happened, they find this uh, Egyptian who had been a slave to the Amalekites, these people that had raided David's home. And, and so this Egyptian slave actually helps David and his men out. He leads them right into the camp of the Amalekites. And so the Amalekites, you know, I can kind of picture David and his men, they're they're kind of doing some reconnaissance. They're scoping things out and the Amalekites are there. They're celebrating their victory. They're eating, they're drinking, they're dancing. Let me just read um, verses 17 through 19. David slaughtered them from twilight until the evening of the next day. None of them escaped except 400 young men who got on camels and fled. David recovered everything the Amalekites had taken. He also rescued his two wives. Nothing of theirs was missing from the youngest to the oldest, including the sons and the daughters and all of the plunder that the Amalekites had taken. David got everything back. Don't you love those like sweeping statements of none escaped? Uh, he recovered everything. Nothing uh, that was taken uh, did David not get back. And so... You know, as we look at life, life is very complex and there are moments when things are, are just hard. Life is hard and, and maybe even as a leader, you find yourself in leadership and maybe sometimes people are upset with you and they're angry with you and when things aren't going well, everyone just wants to get rid of you. But then there are those moments when there's this great celebration and great joy and everyone's in your corner and, and David had learned to be content in both of those situations, just like Paul had learned to be content, whether he uh, had plenty or or little, and, and he learned to strengthen himself in God. And that's what part of what it means to be a leader. 
But really, that's also a big part of what it means to be a Christian, to learn to rejoice and to learn to turn to God. That should be our reflex, whatever comes our way, whether it's a day of joy or a day of defeat. So as we step back and look at chapters 29 through 30, what's going on in this story as a whole? Let me just point this out. God is sovereignly at work. And so let me just kind of recap. In chapter 29, David is uh, sent away by the Philistines. He can't march with the Philistines uh, but he could still help maybe Saul in battle, right? Maybe there's something he could still do to help Israel. But the problem is when he goes home, his own town has been attacked. His wife and his children are gone and, and their things are gone. And so David, through the sovereignty of God, David is thrown into his own crisis and David is kind of taken off of the scene so that he can't help Saul. And so if you kind of step back and look at this, God is orchestrating these things and these circumstances. Ultimately, it's God's will uh, Saul is going to be put to death and David is going to become king. And so when you step back and look at it that way, it's, it's kind of incredible that all of these horrible things that were happening in David's eyes were actually designed, part of God's design, to give him the throne. David didn't see it at the time, but there was a plan that God was working out. He was bringing all of these things into David's life to exalt him in, in due time. First suffering, then comes exaltation. There's difficulty and then joy. And so the Lord meant all of these hard things in David's life for his good. And he uses those things in our life, hard things for our good too. Uh, the Lord brings difficulties and he does it to, to strengthen us. We don't always see the reason immediately. Maybe we never will in this life, but ultimately we'll understand. And so for now, I just pray that we will trust in the Lord like David. So whatever's going on in your life, strengthen yourself in the Lord your God. Well, that's it for today. Be sure to join us next time as Abby Wilson brings us to the conclusion of 1 Samuel. Thank you for joining us today for the New Vision Podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.